Hello, this is Brandon, and I'm finishing up the edit of this episode. Uh, today's uh, episode uh, was actually recorded a couple weeks ago, but due to uh, work and some personal factors, I'm only now getting this out. So our news discussions are sadly out of date, but I hope you uh, enjoy the discussions we had. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the episode. I tell you, I don't care what they call me. They can call me a Marxist, a Jesuit, a flat earther, a Trotskyite, a vegetarian. I don't care what I'm called. Because I know why they call us names. It's because they dare not face our arguments. And even go to the legal basis for this, at least. Um, so we see a lot of protests at the moment. Um, <laughs> Like when I, I'm now back in, in Leipzig, but uh, my mother's place is along, uh, B, it's called B96. It's um, a road, a federal road. And there was, uh, or there always has been protests along this road, um, like for, yeah, basically um, since the pandemic started, um, like typical people, like it's fake, it's, it's uh, Chinese fake news and stuff. And, um oh so you mean people were right (laughs) (laughs) yeah no uh yeah that's basically Uh, been yeah how it's been here (laughs) just like it's everyone including my local government officials no like our our local officials they are pretty okay on that one like oh so uh, um the people are just so stupid man i i even get them because um of course, it's it's a shitty situation for uh, small business owners and stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, there are there are other ways of mitigating um, the bad effects they are um, enforcing yeah, the working experience, class. No, to they die. are experiencing other than just opening mm-hmm. businesses up without regulation, because mm-hmm. then people will die and uh, like their hospitals are gonna be overrun and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. It's you know. As a socialist, it's like the small business owners are always like my secondary concern. But like in this case, it's like, yeah, you know, I don't want uh, capital to monopolize even further. Let's yeah, help. Them yeah, out that's the, that's my problem here. Like, yeah, um, let's help them out at the expense of uh, big business. I am completely fine with that. Um, I, you know, uh, in another reading circle I'm in, uh, we're. Uh, we are having often this discussion about um, it's in Marxist. I don't know the uh, uh, the proper English terms. It's uh, schaffendes and raffendes Kapital. Like um, uh, one is this type of capital that's actively uh, reinvested into society or into business, whatever. And uh, raffendes Kapital is um, this kind of money that uh, comes to you through rent for example and just uh yeah lay still like as uh even uh, marx himself called it i think dead capital yeah Uh, like you know this uh, money this vampire analogy um Mm -hmm. about sucking the life out of everything else it's yeah this is the distinction and yeah um, one of my friends friends is uh the son of um a business owner of a engineer who developed an yeah pretty much uh, farming equipment, highly specialized farming equipment. And he definitely sees a difference between those uh, two um, 
notions of capital, um, which I completely understand. And I would even right. one, you know, I'm not yeah. going to give them much serves somewhat of a purpose in society. And the other just leeches off. Uh, yeah, exactly. The working class. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, but even even the small business owner boss, uh, yeah, uh, extracts some surplus value. But I'm I don't know if I'm I'm actually okay with that as long as it's on a on an okay level. Like uh, if the boss pay uh, earns three hundred twenty times what the lowest uh, salaried employee is uh, earning, that shit. But um, you know, for me, generally, as, long, as, long as, as the boss um, actually works in the business, I'm that's right. kind of like a worker-owned um, means of production. Like, uh, if there's no, a... I, I, I would push back on that. It's not, um, but like the person I live with is petty bourgeois, and you know that's mm-hmm. what this is. That's certain. That's the class we're talking about. The people yeah, who still yeah, exactly. work. Um, but they also uh, extract wage labor and profits and, and such. Um, generally, right, this is a class that shrinks every every year, um, more or less. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, it's one we always have to keep an eye on and like, you know, tr- like measures now, like, hey, we'll put forward policies that will help these people, hopefully in a moment of uh, – a workers' upsurge. They decide to join us and not the fascists. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. But it's, um, yeah, for me, I'm, I, for me, wage labor it, to me is wage slavery. It's never acceptable, right? I, I, I'm for the abolishment of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, I'm, I'm completely on your side, but uh, it's. But in the I, in the momentary, yeah, like it, under capitalism. I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm also agnostic of whether I'd want to work for a big business or small business, right? Um, like at least here, the most exploitative businesses are the mom and pop shops that, you know, Hey, we're a family here. Mm-hmm. And, um, also we may or may not understand labor law. So we may or may <laughs> not follow it, which is also a problem, at least with the big businesses. It's like, there's eyes on them. Uh, and they have lawyers, right? They yeah. they know more or less what they get, but you see with Amazon that you know it's fungible, as is all American labor law. Uh, but you know you you at least like uh, you're not getting like nakedly like just destroyed in the workplace, which happens in some smaller businesses. Um, mm. But yeah, yeah no, in, in uh, Germany, it's, it's, that's rough, uh, man. It's like uh pretty well regulated anyway like uh there's right. so many um measures like it's it's just not this much of open capitalism like it's in the usa obviously right you still um, have the remnants of social democracy yeah yeah for sure um and are things in spain okay, okay. Uh-huh, I'm gonna stop oh sorry no no, no i'm sorry <laughs> no no um <laughs> it's okay oh i'm sorry man i I can't see your facial expressions, and I thought by your sound, teacher, we're done. <laughs> like, um, my hand gets blurry from about this point on, uh, which, so I can barely read without my glasses, and so this has just proven too difficult. So I am sorry about that. No worries, no worries. Yeah. Uh, Miguel, how, how are things in uh, España? I don't know what I said. <laughs> well, um... 
someone made death threats to like prominent government officials mm-hmm. and the the like the, the box uh they haven't said it was a bad thing like they haven't actually said like oh yeah we fully support this which they do uh but they they also refuse to like say it's bad so the the election which is in like uh two weeks or something like that uh, it's awful it's like the worst campaign i have ever lived through uh mm-hmm. so yeah uh it's it's no it's no oh and also uh vox bought like a like a advertising spot in like one of the central uh railway stations in madrid uh-huh. which is like a picture of like your grandma who earns yeah. like uh 400 like a very low amount from from her pension and uh next to her like an immigrant who gets like oh, an absurd amount of money from the state and like something like that uh oh. so that's been that's been bad sake. Uh, oh man at least the british pensioners are leaving <laughs> they, they would really like that shit <laughs> um, no that's awful yeah fuck's sake it's almost like you guys should ban Fox. <laughs> like, it they really, really get it getting really, close to Golden Dawn territory. <laughs> for fuck's sake. All right. You guys want to get into the show? Sure. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, is there any news items y'all would like to talk about? Uh, uh, I mean, I... For that. Like, uh, uh, yeah. In Germany, it's been decided who's going to be a candidate for chancellor by the different parties. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not really uh, too interesting. Like it was expected to be a shit show. It has become a shit show. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've seen there's you know a lot of drama still within the CDU CSU yeah, 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 between exactly. those two people. Um, Laschet and Söder. Yeah, and the the funniest thing that uh, came around uh, with all that clusterfuck was. Um, that there was uh, put attention to the fact that uh, the candidate for the Green Party um, is is called Annalena Caroline uh, Caroline um, mm-hmm. Alma Baerbock, which um, if you take a short, uh, will get the abbreviation ACAB and <laughs> <laughs> critical yeah. support. Critical support, yeah. I'm on her side already. <laughs> um, no, the Probably Green Party, not. far leftist, the Green Party is just not votable, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, no, but yeah. you know, ACAB. Well, hey, it could be worse. Yeah. They could be the Danish Social Democrats, just going <laughs> fucking mask off with immigrants. Yeah. Um, the, oh. uh, social Democrats, Democrats, but the Social Democrat is silent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I also haven't prepared anything, but you know, if you want to talk about like the the verdict, you know, some good news, and also like we can trust Nancy Pelosi. I don't know if you saw her statement. It was like the no. worst, the worst thing, the the, yeah. <laughs> the absolute worst. What did she say? Right. So, uh, yeah, Derek Chauvin, uh, got convicted on three different counts of the various degrees of murder. Yeah. Uh, which. Okay, good. They made the right decision. Let's start doing it for all cops um, who uh, murder people in the streets, black or white. You know, uh, they they murder working class people. 
all the time. You know, we've seen several more cases in the last few days. Um, you know, Vosh, uh, the, the Twitch streamer, went on a real one, uh, I think it was yesterday, uh, saying, hey, let's not make uh, the, the latest uh, young woman who was murdered, who was, I think, 16. Uh, her name is slipping my mind right now. I'm sorry. Um, but she, uh, there was a knife somewhere in the situation. Yeah. And he made this th big thing. Let's not make her the next push in our anti-cop civil rights campaign. And I was like, oh, you're such a cunt. Um, <laughs> I really dislike Vosh. Um, and I'm like, that still does not justify the murder of a 16-year-old girl. Um, no. And optics aside, it was just a disgusting comment. Uh, but, you know, generally, yay, it's a good thing. A cop got convicted for quite an obvious and brutal murder. Um, I think it's important to, <laughs> to notice, like, you know, it was so egregious that the police department didn't really stand by him. Right, and sure. really, uh, you know, this is becoming a case of scapegoating. And I'm not, you know, Derek Chauvin can rot in jail. I don't care. Um, but, you know, this... As everyone knows, this is a much more systemic problem inherent uh, in uh, policing in America and in just capitalism in general. Um, and the, you know, isolated conviction of a few police officers here and there uh, should not be seen as progress. Uh, and it shouldn't be seen, you know, much more than what it actually is. Is uh, They're hoping, you know, they, they can get off, you know, without... You know, months more protests in Minneapolis. Um, one thing I would, and this is just probably the coolest shit I've heard in the longest time, especially since the defeat of Bessemer, uh, which also happened, you know, uh, a week ago or so, um, is when the National Guard was sent in to Minneapolis. They started, they were uh, boarding them in the, uh, you know, one of the labor halls. And so the rank and file unionists went in and evicted the National Guard. And I was like, that was fucking based. I'm like, hell yes. Um, and just generally, you know, I would like to see the labor movement take a much more class struggle approach and do shit like this. You know, it's like, no, we're standing in solidarity with our black uh, union brothers and sisters who are, uh, get harassed and killed by the police. Uh, and so, yeah, I thought, you know, I, and I am glad Derek Chauvin got convicted. Nancy Pelosi was fucking on one. It's like, do do you have a fucking press office? Like, what was that? Like, you're the leader. I, I mentioned, you mentioned it already, but I, I don't know what she even she, said. So she uh, <laughs> gave a statement uh, saying, like, thank you, George Floyd for sacrificing your life for the cause oh. of justice. Yeah, I saw a meme earlier. It was Effie from the Hunger Games, you know, the woman with mm -hmm. the wig. She was saying, thank you for your sec." You know, the same thing. It was just like, <laughs> come the fuck on, Nancy Pelosi. Fucking cool. Um, you know, maybe you shouldn't be electing Democrats to the office. Just saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's almost like there needs to be an alternative. And there's something more like okay. that. And so with that, welcome to Most Moderate, a podcast where our demands most moderate are, we only want the earth. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. My name is Alex. And I'm Miguel. And today, um, in a departure from some of our more bleak episodes, we're talking about like minimum demands 
and reforms that we think are actually possible uh, to achieve uh, and that we would like to see, you know, instituted. And we'll talk uh, about if there's a particular effort along these lines that we would like to see uh, pass or whatever we can. But more just broadly, we'll get into this. Does anyone want to lead us off with an idea? Uh, Well, first off, you know, I, I can go just because we've already talked about just this one law uh, before, and that's the PRO Act uh, here mm-hmm. in the States, which is a labor reform um, law, which I still support. I, I want it to pass. I have mellowed on it a tad, mostly because, especially since the loss in Bessemer, uh, I, you know, I've seen a lot of the unions uh, keep like scapegoating that. That's a word that's coming up a lot today. Um, that on you know bad labor laws, um, and you know there's a lack of like introspection on why the uh, union push and Bessemer's failed, why the unions have uh, been decimated in the last few decades, um, and you know this law package uh, I don't think is going to fix the problems for the American labor movement, and I think just generally like the most the time where the union movement in america has been the most successful is when they were shooting trade unionists and so i don't think it's a labor law issue Uh, i Mm -hmm. think it's more just the general approach of the labor movement and not actually you know struggling with bosses uh which i think if passed you know it makes it a lot easier to form a union like i've talked about it uh protects immigrants in a much more uh forceful way it gives um are like the labor, the NLRB some teeth, all these I support. Um, but I think uh, as a Marxist, you have to, when you're giving support, you also had to be critical, right? And so like th- this uh, approach of remaining within bourgeois or b- the boss's uh, legality uh, is a failed tactic. But hey, uh, that's one thing I would like to see passed. And if you'd like more, we literally have an episode called The Pro Act. Uh, take a listen to it. Yeah. Um, Miguel, do you got something for us? Yeah. Uh, so what I wanted to talk about was the idea of the jobs guarantee. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay. Uh, what it is, is uh, the basic notion that the government uh, should provide everyone who wants a job with a job. Uh, there are like maybe uh, a couple different ways in which this can work, uh, but that's the the fundamental notion that you know mm-hmm. uh, if you're unemployed, you can get a job with the government. If you have a different job but you want one of the government jobs, you can switch jobs. Uh, it's not means tested. It doesn't matter uh, how much income your family makes. If you want a government job, you get a government job. That's the the main idea. And mm-hmm. you know there are like a, a number of reasons why I think uh, this would be a great thing to happen. <laughs> uh, first of all, I think that you know uh, this would actually give the government uh, the 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 workforce it needs to address things that the market. Uh, will not do, but that are necessary for society. Uh, so obviously, you know, the, the jobs guarantee uh, usually comes uh, 
along with the idea of a Green New Deal. And it comes for a couple of reasons, uh, but one of them is this idea that, you know, decarbonizing the whole economy of our countries uh, is one hell of a task. Mm-hmm. And uh, the government needs people to do the work. And, you know, even if there wasn't this uh, major task, you know, the, the government always has a to-do list of things that it could get mm-hmm. to, but that maybe are not priorities. So, you know, uh, it has almost become like a meme, the, the whole infrastructure thing, you know, in, at least in the in the US, that there is always this push to renew infrastructure. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, like... Literally those... every politician right. runs on infrastructure and it never gets done. Like, right. <laughs> there's construction projects around the city where I live that have been in development for mm-hmm. like years and our we had a, a, like a major park built mostly with private funds and which is uh-huh. private property that got a lot of uh, state funding but that's like the main thing that's been built in the last not not like much better roads like we'll fill potholes but that's about it uh mm-hmm. yeah everyone runs on infrastructure republicans democrats uh you know, DSAers, everyone runs on it, nothing mm-hmm. gets done. It's kind of the running joke of American politics. Right. Uh, but even then, like, uh, we also need, uh, you know, librarians and social care workers and these things that are not like uh, a guy uh, lifting some machinery or something like that, which seems to be the first thing that comes to mind when we think about jobs. Uh, but, right. you know, like there are a lot of things that society needs that the market does not provide for mm-hmm. and uh the government if they are going to provide for them they need people to actually do them so that's like reason number one that's the most like pragmatic reason uh and it's kind of boring uh, but i also think it's important uh but then what i care more about are is that well a jobs guarantee would fundamentally improve like material conditions of people right now. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, like it would address the, the, the fundamental, what I think is the fundamental immorality of the, of the labor market that, you know, we have yeah. this system in which uh, you have to work to live, to, to eat, but there's not enough jobs for everybody, but there are enough resources for everybody. Uh, so we actually throw away food, uh, in order not to give it to people who don't mm-hmm. work. And then we have like the goal of shaming those people who don't have a job as though it is their fault. And then mm-hmm. the, 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 the fascist goons come and they say that it is the immigrants' fault. Uh, mm-hmm. So like that would be a very important change that, you know, we could ad- address poverty. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I mean, there are like other ways that we could perhaps address poverty. Uh, like, for example, I think Alex is going to talk about universal basic income. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, this is also a form of doing that. Yeah. And I think that uh, it would also uh, be very good for mental health in particular, because I think that the the sort of it would get people rid of the the anxiety of like not knowing and like the, the possibility of losing your job at any minute. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if you have an alternative, uh, even if you're in private employment, uh, you, you know that, okay, maybe you will lose your job at some point, but mm-hmm. 
there will be something else for you to do and yeah. a way for you to make money and you know you don't need to worry yeah. so much about that uh, which in a way I guess leads me to the final reason why I want this to pass and I think that this is the most important uh, long term which is that uh, this would be a power shift from the powerful to the powerless yeah uh, and this uh, well first you know for people who are in private employment uh, they now have a negotiating tool because you know while whilst uh, employment is scarce uh, employers can do whatever the fuck they want and mm-hmm. they can uh, fire you and they can like if you don't want uh, the job in the conditions that they offer it uh, well it doesn't matter because uh, they will find somebody else because there's right. the, there are so many people who need a job and so you know I Capitalism, but with better working conditions, is not what I think the the end goal should be. Uh, but I think it's a good stepping stone that you know uh, we can actually like, yeah, give power to people uh, to workers yeah. instead of the people who actually have it now. And in a way, it can also uh, show what is possible. You know, if we have like. If we say, you know, we we have we used to do uh, this ridiculous system in which we pretended that there weren't enough jobs for everybody, and now we have shown that we can do that. Who knows what we can do next? Right. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's that's basically yeah. that, those are the the topics that I wanted to bring up. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I uh, I love uh, you know jobs for all. Like it's. It's you know it's like one of the OG Marxist demands, right? We've we've been on this shit for a very long time. Uh, name firstly because of that one of the last reasons you hit on uh, is it does undercut the bosses. You know it actually uh, makes capitalism resemble much more what the libertarians think in that oh mm-hmm. it's a contract between you and the boss, right. and if you don't like your job, get a job elsewhere. You know, right. but you know as we all know, you know. Uh, this freedom is just a freedom to starve under capitalism. Uh, and that would negate that. Um, you know, I think part of the reason, you know, people, when they hear of a jobs guarantee, they think manual labor is because a lot like in the thirties and during the depression, you know, works programs was, you know, we're breaking rocks and <laughs> building uh, na- national parks and things like that. Uh, and certainly a lot of jobs and infrastructure and stuff, would be opened up, particularly here in America with the Green New Deal, uh, which again I critically support. I have a lot of criticisms of of it, but it should definitely pass. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a great demand, um, and it's one the like the bosses would fucking hate, <laughs> like so fucking much, like almost to the like coup territory levels <laughs> of, of hatred for it, and I, you know. I like that, um, and it would it, one. It gives labor um, so much more uh, bargaining power. One of the biggest threats to uh, you know labor, uh, the organized working class, is the reserve army of labor. Right, it's the unemployed, and you know there's always been attempts to organize the unemployed, but that is extremely difficult work and can only really be done in like moments of great strife like in the 30s where there was some success for it and in building councils of unemployed workers and stuff but like that takes like a super vibrant labor movement and all that 
And so, like, in the current relations, you know, the bosses can pump in as many scabs as they need, uh, or scabs being, you know, non-union workers to fill uh, their roles during a strike, right? Um, this kind of robs them, for the most part, unless they're paying those scabs exceptionally well. Um, it, it robs them of the opportunity to use tactics like that. And so, yeah, I, I love it. It's a very good idea. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you, you really have to force the bosses to let that through. Mm -hmm. uh, like, that's something that comes through a mass movement. Um, but yeah, 100% in support of it. And uh, you were saying that if there were any proposals that, or any, like, ways that people are advocating for this, Obviously, yeah. in, in the U.S., it became uh, sort of a, a point <laughs> in the last election uh, with the Sanders campaign. Uh, yeah. Not here. And, uh, it's uh, not a thing. Uh, and not only, like, is it not a thing, uh, the problem is that, you know, this uh, jobs guarantee is advocating, uh, advocated by people who propose this uh, modern monetary theory, uh, mm. which is... Uh, not super easy to understand, but one no. of the one of the main points of modern monetary theory is that you need to have monetary sovereignty, which is something that European countries do not have because we have the euro. Uh, the 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 eurozone is monetary is uh, has monetary sovereignty, and I'm not holding my breath on the European Union doing anything like this. Uh, no. Even if they said, okay, we're going to do some jobs guarantee thing. We know it would be means-tested. We know it would be some bullshit like private-public collaboration in which they right. actually give uh, incentives to private businesses to hire people and whatnot. It would be like a fucking mess. Uh, and it, would and not... it won't get rolled out in the periphery of the European Union. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, fuck those Eastern Europeans. <laughs> and, and those Southern Europeans? No. The French and the Germans and maybe the Scandinavians will get it. Uh, yeah, no, that's uh, it's it's in the Green New Deal, and like Bill Gates recently spoke out against it, which made me like it even more. Uh, <laughs> he was talking, you know, because he's like of all the big capitalists, he's like the most like environmentalist. Uh, yeah, he's he's the good one. one. He's the good one. Yeah, he's he's the good one. Uh, he's currently like <laughs> heading up the uh, push to. Uh, kick out Shama Aswat, one of the few socialists in office here in the States. Uh, yeah, and, you know, he's a reactionary uh, dirtbag. Uh, but, yeah, he was uh, calling out the Green New Deal because he's like, yeah, we need all this, but, like, we don't need the jobs guarantee. And I'm like, yeah, you fucking think that. <laughs> You're a capitalist. <laughs> and, you know, in American politics, we don't have this con the conceptions of class and class struggle. And so, like, people will take him at his word, and it's like, He's the boss. <laughs> like, <laughs> he probably owns part of your company. Like, come on, guys. Uh, but, and to, like, see it just like, and it's like, why the fuck are we asking that dude of anybody about climate <laughs> policy? Right? You know, it's like, why do we ask these celebrities? But I'm like, why are we asking Bill Gates uh, about <laughs> politics? Like, for fuck's sake. You know, the man should barely get away with having a head. My <laughs> much less a role in politics um, but that's neither know. here nor there <laughs> i don't know if you saw that the the united mine workers of america actually uh just the other day uh like uh pull uh put out a statement 
saying that uh, they recognize the need for uh, uh, transition to a green economy, but that the the jobs guarantee must be a a part of it, uh, mm. which I yeah. thought was like a good development because you know we we tend to think uh, of you know on on the liberal to left spectrum of like the mine workers and you know these people in in flyover country as like reactionaries mm. and like uh, you can never convince them of anything, uh, but you know maybe if you're policy isn't complete shit they will actually come out in support of it yeah you know they they'll probably you know vote for good policy instead of just blindly voting for the party that's betrayed them for the last 60 <laughs> years you know maybe maybe that's the right choice um yeah i i did see that and i think that's a positive development and um you know one of the main problems with you know energy sector jobs and like sectors like the mine workers has been less like i talk about in the product like this class collaborationist uh policy of the unions of we're going to accept capitalism uh you know that one it should exist uh and uh two that there's no point in struggling against it right uh, and that you know we need to uh collaborate with the bosses try to get the best we can while keeping the business alive uh which you know, had some merit, not much, but some, uh, during the post-war boom of the 40s, but it's been four decades of declining uh, <laughs> return on the concept, yet the unions still push it. But I thought that was an interesting uh, kind of break from that idea, because that's not something the mine companies or uh, the few, like, extractive industries are putting out there. Like, uh, we're still talking about carbon credits and shit like that. Uh, there's a recent episode of no, the Know Your Enemy podcast, which was talking about climate denial and climate skepticism among the, uh, particularly the American right wing, which is the main focus of the show. Uh, and it was talking about like this shift, even in the energy sector, away from just outright denial to being like, yeah, yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. But we got to think of we're going to be the ones who are putting forward the ways forward. And I thought, you know, I think. The mine workers coming out and be like, no, we we have a way forward. This is what we need is a good uh, welcome development. Mm -hmm. uh, Alex, you got anything to add on uh, jobs guarantees or anything? Um, I, I will refer to it again after my part on the UBI because uh, there were a lot of uh, interesting ideas. And um, first of all, I don't want to uh, push the notion here that it's uh, jobs guarantees or UBI, but rather jobs guarantee and UBI. I think right. that's gone away. Um, but I'll, I'll get back to this point at the end of my um, segment uh, because I maybe should first uh, explain what uh, a UBI is uh, to those that maybe have never heard of it. It does sound like an STI, to be honest. <laughs> no. uh, so it's universal basic income UBI. <laughs> okay. Um, so um, I just gonna explain what it is, um, where the idea for the UBI may have stemmed from. Um, also, I'm gonna go over, just as uh, Miguel did in his segment, why it's important to have one. And in the end, I'm gonna present my ideas on how it could be implemented into uh, modern politics. And also, now that Miguel has already talked, I'm going to go over how his idea and uh, my idea intertwine and uh, could um, yeah, work 
or put forward some synergies um, in working together. So um, first of all, to my explanation, um, universal basic income is basically a broad term that includes different uh, ideas that all have in common that it's a social political concept uh, for wealth transfer. In our days, that would mean that it's a measure enacted through democratic processes, um, hopefully, uh, that transfers wealth from those that have much to those that have little in the different way as it's going now, uh, which would be favorable from my point of view. And uh, the concept is mostly talked today about in more leftist uh, circles of discussion. But in its history, it also had proponents on the more neoclassical side of political analysis. For example, Milton Friedman, uh, he put forward... Oh. <laughs> I, I just gonna try to keep the political enemies on board, man. Don't do me for that. Um, Milton Friedman, um, he's a known economist. He had this idea of negative income tax. Um, and I don't want to go here too much into the nitty gritty, um, but it's an idea that everyone should have a certain threshold on its income. Um, and if you don't go over this threshold, you don't pay taxes. Uh, but if you're severely under it, you even get money from the state. Um, it's uh, universal basic income is commonly discussed as a more different uh, mechanism from that one that Milton Friedman uh, put forward. Um, but one takeaway is important here, um, that is that any type of wealth transfer policy will have to be enacted by a state. Like I don't see any way of having uh, private ownership over anything that has to do with um, universal basic income. So like uh, imagine a company organizing it, that would be a shitty idea, I think. Um, because it's a playing field, we just can't leave open to anyone that's not under democratic control. And mm -hmm. I'll come back to this point soon again when I talk about the uh, Silicon Valley type of UBI. <laughs> so, I want to give my explanation here on why a UBI would be important. Um, and it's following basically the same ideas uh, Miguel already brought forward. Uh, I've I've parted this segment into three dimensions, the first one being the individual or personal dimension of the UBI. So a UBI, it's called a basic income for a reason, would uh, make sure that your basic needs are met. Uh, I see one important thing here that um, is not considered in uh, the creation of policy in uh, states that have uh, or that have parliaments where mostly rich people reside. Um, that is that there is a stress the common person is put under. It's namely the stress um, of not having enough money so that your future is wildly uncertain because you just uh, lack the financial means to make long-term arrangements. Like um, there is this history of the worker who um, can buy cheap boots for $10 or expensive foods for 50, doesn't have the 50, has to buy the cheap ones that only last one year, where the expensive ones um, would last him for 10 years. So he's essentially losing money. Um, this, this is the idea that's also discussed in um, economic theory nowadays. It's uh, the idea of how important it is actually to be poor, uh, how important, how, how expensive it is to be poor. Right. Um, 
like buying in bulk is always cheaper, but you can only do it if you have enough money at your disposal. Um, so just think of your rent. Rent is putting you under so much financial pressure that every month you're not sure if you can make rent uh, for the next month. And UBI would lift the stress off of you. And that's only for rent now. Like imagine not worrying about food and transportation as well. It's certain that it would make life easier for the average person, but there's still a constraint here that I'm going to discuss in my segment uh, on how UBI should be implemented. Namely, what basic really means has to be defined. And by defining, I mean it has to get a legal foundation. Um, now let's look at the interpersonal level. Um, on an interpersonal level, a UBI would be great too, because it would make sure nobody is cut off from opportunities. Like um, maybe you were the kid that couldn't go on a field trip because their parents just couldn't afford to pay for it. I think you will feel me here. A UBI would make sure that everybody got at least more equal chances in life than it is under status quo. Also, we have to look um, at the level of broad society. Um, as you know, we as leftists, we always have to talk about class struggle. And on the level of society, a UBI would not just be transferring wealth, but also power. Under status quo, you have to have a job to not lose your livelihood. If you're unfortunate, uh, you have to take any job that's offered to you, even accepting shit pay, as Miguel already uh, discussed. So a UBI would give you a better position in nego negotiating your wage. Um, because you could just say no to bad job offers because you don't have to rely on them to make rent, to not lose your shelter and stuff. Um, we can change the meaning of the phrase, just say no mm -hmm. to something that's actually good. <laughs> well, it's, it's not that to be able to no. Like that's, that's freedom or no. Like uh, if, you, if you can really decide if you want a job or not, that's a bit more freedom to the average worker, I think. Um, yeah. But on the other hand, it all would also make it so that employers had to actively look for workers and uh, would have to uh, implement better working conditions and better pay into the right. jobs they offer, um, which is horrendously important, I think. Mm -hmm. um, in the end, that would be power in the hand of the worker, like right away uh, by implementing a UBI. So now I just need a few more seconds to explain in a few words my uh, elaborate plan on how to implement a UBI. Um, here I have to circle back first to Erich Fromm's analysis of uh, high modern society or on society under high modern capitalism. Uh, because um, he says we are highly determined by what we have uh, while losing out of sight what we re really are. Like there's a, he, is, he opens a dichotomy between having and being. Um, this observation obviously entails a critic of consumerism, consumerism, which I in turn see as the main cultural component of capitalism, which also weasels its way kind of into cultural leftism. Like if you're vegan, even if the, with the best intentions, you're still defining your um, being under the framework of your mode of consumption. And so for a UBI to meet the two criteria I see as important, which are uh, creating a more egalitarian society and being ecologically sustainable, I feel like we, need, uh, we would need to implement a few policies alongside the UBI itself 
which I hear mostly grabbed from uh, Professor Nico Pech. He is a professor for economy at the University of Siegen, and he mostly researches on the topic of post-growth economies. Um, for UBI, to be ecologically sustainable, we would have to end the culture of consumption um, because ending culture or canceling culture, I use the bad words, um, <laughs> is, is not really possible from a, a political side. Uh, we have to find other mechanisms here. Um, and the basic income should be able to be used um, towards uh, stuff that is really basic. And here I come back to my point that I already made earlier. We need to define uh, what's really basic. Um, on that one, I would um, implement uh, UBI in a form of some special kind of credit, like imagine a compartment in your bank account um, that is only spent on stuff that falls under um, the categories physiological needs and safety needs under the Maslow pyramid of needs. Uh, like this guy put up pyramid of uh, needs and desires and rank them from most important to least important, where all, of course, are important. But uh, in order to educate yourself, you need to first eat. So eating is more important for your education than education is for your eating, basically. Um, so um, my UBI would pay exactly for food, shelter, for medical necessities, talking about, uh, about Medicare for all, for all my American friends. Um, and should also pay for transportation and education. Those are the determining factors for your life. You need to eat, you need to be able to move around uh, to even find a job or something. Um, you need education to become a better version of yourself uh, and you need shelter. Like um, you can't exactly be homeless and you don't need to because uh, there are enough houses around. Um, so I imagine this extra compartment of your bank account that is automatically tapped into when you go shopping and buy things uh, that are legally defined as falling under these categories I just mentioned. Um, for that one, I come now back to the idea of uh, Miguel's job guarantee because um, in order to have this extra compartment in your, in your bank account, we need a kind of database um, for determining which product falls under what, cat uh, what category. And um, that's the first job those uh, people wanting a government job uh, could do, setting up this uh, database, like uh, feeding it with information and stuff that's um, what types of products uh, or, or what uh, exact products uh, the UBI could pay for. So another point, um, about the UBI is making society more egalitarian and under the paradigm of overconsumption, which is often discussed on this uh, podcast, there's one more thing I want to hear, uh, what I want to add here, um, that is that it's absolutely necessary to not just have a basic income, but also a limit on income or wealth, respectively. Um, that's important because wealthy people are enormously more um, responsible for climate change. They, if they want to, they can take their private jet, private jet and yeah, go to um, uh, Milan or London for a shopping weekend 
Uh, or the other stuff. side of New York City. Yeah, exactly. Which happens occasionally. Um, but I thought it was all those poor people in the global south burning inefficient fuels yeah, yeah. who are actually That's responsible. Um, another problem is that Spanish people are sleeping so much and <laughs> right, not right. helping us mitigating change. So, Fucking no, southern like, Europeans, man. Yeah, yeah, like... Uh, like really hating on other people just can't be the way forward here. Right. Um even if Spaniards are lazy. <laughs> oh, they man. took a nap today, so yeah. Um <laughs> no the point is that that in order to to meet this criterion of ecological sustainability while also making society more egalitarian, uh we have to limit um consumption in one or the other way um, and it's of course uh, those need to be limited that are putting the most strain on the ecological systems at the moment which is only logical like uh, of course you can cut off uh, poor people from all types of stuff but their uh, co their contribution towards climate change is just so marginal that it's just so stupid like you you just need to um, or we should we should uh, tap into those that are really uh, so powerful that they can uh, change the way of the world in in a second. Like uh, I think that's a stupid description of this whole scenario. Like um, what I what I really want to say is um, having this uh, money spending lifestyle that um, puts a real strain on ecological systems is just uh, the one that need, needs to be abolished first before um, stripping uh, working class people of all or of any luxury they might uh, still have. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, most of the environmental movement, even though they don't think about it this way, is just austerity politics yeah, on steroids. Exactly. It's, it's um, not, that's not what, uh, what the yeah. aim is for me in any way. No, it... Um, it's perfectly reasonable that we could raise the standard of living of everyone on the earth while uh, remaining ecologically sound. And y you know how you do that? It's called socialism. It's called <laughs> nationalizing the commanding heights of the economy and using them in a planned economy. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, I would say generally I'm not the fondest of, uh, you know, for me it's give people the money they'll sort yeah. it out themselves one that's just a more efficient system uh <laughs> you don't have to set up that database you don't have to uh, monitor you don't have to do all that which would be quite difficult i think um you know i don't think it's the worst idea in the world but you know here in america and you know if this is something that would happen under capitalism be always under attack and so i i think leaving as little mechanisms for the bosses to strike back against policies like this is the better. And so I yeah. say give people the money. Uh, because here in the States, you know, we have food stamps, uh, we have WIC and all these different uh, programs to help the extreme poor. And, you know, I've always benefited from these policies. Uh, but one, they're mean tested to hell, which your UBI scheme isn't, which is good. Uh, but it also, uh, you know, with food stamps and stuff, you can only buy certain types of food uh, and things like that. And you're not talking about that. But that those are ways I can see, like, the capitalists and stuff making inroads against it by saying, okay, well, now you're, you're not going to be able to, say, get fast food or, you know, whatever uh, 
you're not going to get a steak or whatever they uh, want to say. Um, and you know, you can very easily couch that in because it's more ecological or whatever, but it's not, it's just, we don't want poor people to have fun. Yeah. Um, like and it's so, more of a, it's more a topic of sharing. Like yeah, we don't I, want I, to share with poor people what mm -hmm. is nice to us all. It exactly. can also become like the, the, the culture war stuff to like, they're coming for a hamburgers. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Well, so, and so generally, I think having something like that is, is something that could be exploited at a later point and particularly in negotiations, right? Yeah. To get it passed. Uh, so generally I'd say, at least as a starting point, maybe concede on it is, no, just give people the money uh, because I want money. Um, <laughs> but it's, but I, yeah, I like UBI, you know, you kind of hinted at it, you know, but here in America, UBI's mostly come up from like the Silicon Valley types, yeah, and, like, Andrew Yang, mm -hmm. which is very unfortunate. And I, I'm not the biggest fan of the MMTers or modern monetary uh, mm -hmm. uh, theory people. Uh, I, I generally, I, I don't think it's, I don't know enough about it to properly shit talk it, but it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And uh, I, I'm just not generally fond of the ideas, but I think, and I don't think it's a substitute for like class struggle Marxism, but that's just me. Uh, <laughs> but um here in the States, you know, and it's po most popular guys, it is like, we're going to do this instead of um, having food stamps or social security and things like that. So it's a way to gut our existing uh, public institutions in the form of giving everyone, say, a thousand dollars a month or something. And, you know, a socialist and leftists or whatever, that's something we absolutely have to oppose is the gutting of what little uh, here, at least here in the states, what little of a social safety net we have, and I'm sure if the right wing ever caught on to this idea in y'all's homelands, they would push austerity programs <laughs> elsewhere. Um, but yeah, generally, I'm fond of the idea, except when it, like all ideas, except when it's taken up by the right wing, it always gets worse. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think it, and particularly in combination with a jobs guarantee, uh, I'm. 100% in favor of fucking over the bosses, and I like it. Uh, I guess... In the, end, uh, in the end, I just want to say that uh, I also think that UBI is just a good short-term solution. Like, uh, yeah. it's still too closely aligned with capitalism. Uh, Absolutely. There's no way around it. Um, the solution, end, guys, as always, starts with an R, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we still have this like huge imbalance uh, between individuals in our societies that is uh, brought onto us because of private ownership of the means of production. And there's one point of uh, criticism on the UBI from a Marxist standpoint, uh, because it might stall the progress towards a proletarian revolution. But in, from my point of view, as the proletariat failed as revolutionary subject, I'd suggest, uh, or I'd gladly bite that bullet uh, for having a lot of stress lifted off the shoulders of every single mother, of every uh, uh, poor essential worker, and basically everyone that's in this uh, hopeless struggle today. I, I would say your critical theory brain is really hurting right now because <laughs> uh, I don't think the proletariat's failed as a revolutionary subject, but 
you, you know, uh, I think it's more a crisis like of my proletarian leadership. Where all the all the workers are voting right wing uh, parties, I can I don't know I I really uh... I live in Oklahoma <laughs> like <laughs> like sure you, you guys know, vote for fascists but so do we <laughs> um, yeah no I it's we... I I I don't uh, I still view the proletariat is the only revolutionary subject and there is no other it's the <laughs> yeah. only. It's the only subject that has the uh, power to overthrow capitalism, but that's another topic. Um, but I, I, and no, I would so, say so far, it's a, it's yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would I, say I, it's more I, a crisis of revolutionary leadership and the leadership of the Stalinists and the trade union bureaucrats and things like that. That you know, at every opportunity, has buried the revolution. But like every other decade, there's a massive upsurge of the working class and i think every time it happens you know it restores my faith in the working class um and that's just a hill i'll die on uh, i think <laughs> but it's um because i just don't see an alternative um, yeah for sure that's that's exactly the problem like mm. um i i don't know like uh, in the end doesn't the, even the, matter. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, singing podcast. <laughs> and the the problem in the end is uh, that the proletariat is too fragmented at the, at the moment. Like here in Eastern Germany, I already cut into it. It's uh, they they switched over to voting for right wing nut jobs that mm. uh, just yeah they they tell them you can have it all, but in the end uh, they are doing policy that it's, it's they're full of shit i i believe yeah. is the term you're looking yeah. for okay right let's keep it casual then <laughs> i think you know it one those policies will fail the working class hmm. of eastern europe as it's it does here in america yes. and when there's a real socialist alternative uh hopefully at the proper time uh uh those workers could come over to it and sure the working class is atomized. Uh, certain sections of it have wildly reactionary politics, and they're not the main point of concern in trying to win over uh, to a socialist uh, uh, party or anything at the moment. But yeah, it it, it sucks ass, really. <laughs> and it's like, oh, you know, really? <laughs> I, you know, I'm like, you know, maybe I'm just trot brained, but I'm just like fucking a Stalin. You really ruined it over there, um, for fuck's sake. Uh, and you too, Gorbachev. Um, I'm not going to let him off either. But um, yeah. So, just going back uh, to yes, it. I like <laughs> UBI. Um, as long as it's doesn't uh cut against existing programs to help the poor. No. Uh, and um. Uh, to, you know, that thing of, you know, it might slow down uh, the revolutionary, uh, you know, movement of the working class. One, I think this would have to come through an upsurge of the working class. And I think a victory like that uh, doesn't, like, demotivate uh, workers. It's defeats that demoralize workers. And it's when, you know, the leaders of the working class uh, refuse to carry it forward that, you know, we get periods like we're in now where it's just defeat after defeat. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think you did an excellent job kind of summarizing it and saying why you support it. I support it as well. 
And then really, I, uh, I had two things I kind of wanted to talk about. One is very quick. It's reducing the work week while keeping wages the same. Uh, one, wages are already too low, but that's, uh, that's something like we've talked about. There's one, raising minimum wage is always a way to do it, but also having a UBI and having uh, um, a jobs guarantee gives workers the ability to say, you know, fuck you. I <laughs> it's my birthday. I, I can do what I want. Yeah, the the jobs guarantee in particular, like it can become like the the like minimum contracts. Like you yeah. know, if you can work for the state for whatever wage it is, for however many hours it is, like that can become the standard. So we will have to actually make sure that it's a good paying job and that it's right. a, a like. I would hope for like a, a four day work week or something like that, or at right. least reducing the, the work hour. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's just a very basic one. It's something we've done under capitalism before. It's something mm -hmm. we could do again, uh, starting at 32 hours, working our way down so I can have just more <laughs> and more leisure time um, to do more podcasting, of course. Yeah. Because, <laughs> um, you know, working 60 hour work weeks recently. Because talking about a labor shortage, you know, without these kind of programs, uh, yeah, the bosses don't make working conditions better. They just try to <laughs> cut uh, the exist like our, our unemployment insurance, which my manager's been railing about lately. Uh, about you know these people, they're so lazy. They don't want to get out and work, ignoring that there's a pandemic, and that we've had people get sick. Um, it, yeah, it's you know. I really, I really would like early a <laughs> uh, working uh, you know, a three day weekend's always nice, and to have them every mm -hmm. week would be just wow. Yeah. Um, and then the main one I would, and this is kind of like a group of demands, right? Uh, that I and that I would like to see carried out, and, and it's for the ladies out there. Um, and really, it's uh. An institution of policies set at uh, limiting the amount of uh, uh, work in the family uh, that a women or people who identify as women have to do. Uh, you know, the working working class women, one due to economic pressures, have to work a job. Uh, I don't know very many uh, working class families who can afford to have one parent in the household, right? So. Quite often, the situation is uh, both parents work, yet uh, the mother is often forced uh, to continue uh, doing housework, taking care of the kids, etc. Um, and sure, you know, abolishing the patriarchy, making the guy do some of that work as well is fine. But I think really, you know, as Marxist, I'm all for the above. <laughs> the abolition of the family and you know it's uh, uh and there's certain things that we need and that so one of them is you know free access to uh good um child care uh services uh for everybody for free um and i think that's essential um here in the states uh child care under you know the school age is not free uh and it's puts parents in a quite difficult bind. Um, I think, you know, recognizing uh, the work uh, people just generally have to do with the kids and uh, 
through a UBI mechanism paying them for that work if some of it still has to continue. It's not the worst idea. Um, but really, and, you know, guaranteed access uh, to free abortions, <laughs> which is, you know, in my part of the country is quite uh, scandalous, but I think is absolutely necessary. Is access to abortions and uh, to, uh, you know, uh, uh, forms of contraception it's, uh, and just uh, health care in general. Uh, I think we're all in support of universal health care. I think and I think those services are a central uh, part of it. Well, we, we um, have it in Germany. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fucking yes. Uh, so I think all those things are quite necessary. And then uh, good canteens or cafeterias like at schools, yeah. uh, at, p at places of work, uh, and really just socializing the different aspects of child rearing. Uh, I, I read something that, that needs to be done here read, and in the socialist transformation society. <laughs> I read that the Biden administration had announced that there would be like free lunches at school for every kid for the next academic year or something like that which if it happens nice for once nice yeah how many kids are actually going to be attending school that year? That's, that's a good point man yeah um so for for I, us I like schools were never closed can eat man like it doesn't matter if it's not many so right well so nice for them one i'm going to say Generally, the food here sucks ass when it comes to school cafeterias. Um, and yeah, so I, I at my school, could. at my school, the only reason I got free lunch was that like 90% of my school uh, was like below the poverty line. And that was the only way we uh, could get it just universally for free. Uh, and, you know, it's very fucking embarrassing that in parts of our country... Kids rack up debt yeah. for getting a school lunch. Like, that's a fucking embarrassment. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I just... was mortified when I learned that there was a thing called uh, student school lunch debt in, mm -hmm. in the USA. Yeah, there's... Um, what is this? this? What's this? There's this one case of this kid. Uh, the name of the location is blinking on me, but he racked up quite a bit of it. And so... Uh, there's a solution, right? And it was spend two nights in jail. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. And I was like, are we bringing back fucking debtors jails for children? Um, but you know, it's you know, it's the same uh, with uh, truancy laws and stuff. It's just criminalizing uh, being poor uh, yeah. and uh, putting a tax on it. It's ridiculous. But yeah, I think those are all things that very easily achievable we have like some semblance and i'm always speaking to this american context i can't speak to y'all but we we have some semblance of these structures existing we just need them to be better um and yeah i think you know let's all abolish the family together fam that sounds great actually yeah uh if i can like go back for a moment to ubi because there, there were like a couple of things that i wanted to mention oh yeah the first one is that I think, you know, there is this concern that UBI would cause inflation. I don't know about that. I am not an expert on those topics. But I do think that there is a need to, like, couple UBI with some 
measure to prevent like you know let's say ubi is a thousand dollars a month which is like the the thing mm. that's in like the zeitgeist uh rent control there needs to be exactly <laughs> that was what i want what i wanted to say what is going to prevent like the scum of the earth that are landlords from just raising rent a thousand dollars a month uh yeah that's like i think the the fundamental you know i mean yeah there yeah Maybe we can discuss price controls for other stuff. Like, I don't know. But I think that for rent, it is absolutely vital. Maybe we should be discussing a planned economy. But yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah, let's... Rent control would be necessarily necessary under the scheme. For inflation, you know, it's... It depends on where you're getting this money from, right? If it's the government just printing money, then yeah, Mm -hmm. inflation and stuff could be a problem. But you know what we should do is take the money from the bosses... They already mm. have it. We see in uh, during this pandemic, the bosses have made billions of dollars. Amazon alone has made billions of dollars. <laughs> Fucking take that money. <laughs> we have enough money in circulation to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and this money would remain in circulation and could therefore be taxed again. Uh, it's one, uh, we just have to make sure it's not something like Social Security, right? Which ends up, uh, just being the working class paying uh, for it themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's a no-brainer. It's tax the rich and, uh, you know... And eat the... know, Maggie Thatcher was not right when saying, you know, taxing... Eventually, you run out of other people's money. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, they have a shit ton of fucking money <laughs> that they can't use. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah. And then uh, the, the other thing is that I do think that one of the best uh, things about UBI is what you uh, touched upon, the, the like work that goes unrecognized in the economy. Yeah. And obviously there should be like universal access to childcare mm-hmm. and to different forms of care. But, you know, if you want to take time off work to be with your dying father or something like that, I think that and, and and care for him because it's something that you actually want to do because it's meaningful for you or whatever i think that would be a very good thing to yeah. to recognize that as something that we value as a society and mm. also like people who are you know uh not to look for my best interests here but students or people who are yeah. like you know not working but doing things that are in important or even not important like like things that matter for their development as people Mm -hmm. Uh, i think it would be also a very good thing to recognize that yeah yeah it also gets into what brendan uh, said earlier um about women doing the uh most part of unpaid work in families like it's exactly uh, a mechanism that would pay them to do that Or yeah, like, it's... it's not even enough if we if we are being frank here, but um, it would be at least better than it is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really the thing you could say about all all the things we said, uh, right? It's I think so. you know, it's it's nice to have, but better. not enough. Exactly, and there's mm-hmm. an R word for that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, and then I guess just in the American context. Raise the fucking minimum wage. Yeah, for real. Like, don't pull up Kristen fucking cinema and be a wine mom and vote no on it. Like, it should be 25 an hour, not 15, but past 15 for fuck's sake. 
Um, I'm sick of getting paid two dollars an hour plus <laughs> tips. Uh, but yeah, fuck off. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyways, um, I think that's where we'll end off with this episode. Um, I've been one of your hosts, Brandon. I was joined by Alex and Miguel. You can follow uh, Miguel at uh, Miguel Somewhere on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Off Brandon's on Twitter. Uh, you can follow this podcast at Most Moderate on Twitter. If you want to yell at Alex about uh, the working class being the revolutionary <laughs> subject, email us at mostmoderate at gmail.com or uh, DM us uh, because you can't reach him online. Uh, and you can I find follow... my uh, my being as the one that refuses to consume social media. Mm. Yeah, and then you can l- listen to Essence podcasts at Total Global, uh, which had a fantastic uh, episode about uh, you know the struggles of uh, organizing a wedding during the pandemic, uh, and then uh, some uh, talk about like mass movement stuff uh, with Eston. And Unsung apparently singing. he's watching a, huh? some singing too. And some singing. It was very it's an adorable episode. Uh and Aston, if you're if you're listening to this, stop being so cute with Freddy. It's annoying. Um <laughs> and so you know. Uh and if you're wondering why Aston wasn't here, is yeah, he's getting ready for the wedding. Uh so uh, uh shout out to that one married on the podcast. Yeah. And Talk about life <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not the biggest fan of marriage, but I'm happy for our boy, a very special yeah. boy uh, from yeah. Mr. Mustache. Yes, Mustache. And, and so, with that, we'll, we'll end this episode. Thank you uh, for listening, and we'll catch us next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Peace. Okay, now if I can find Craig. <laughs> no one tell Essen we talked about him. <laughs> No, no. Let's see if Let's he, see if he hears it. <laughs> I, to be honest, I I just can't listen to our podcast because uh, I can't.